doing anything else except for I did buy a Spider Punk and Spider Gwen comic. Well, uh, the 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 collected not collected edition, the trade yeah. trades. Well, they they are collected editions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't finish the uh, Spider Punk yet because I was really disinterested. I'm assuming that's the the new one, the newer, the newest one, right? I think so. I think it's written. I just really don't like it. Really? I, yeah. I heard good things. I, the cover looks great. I, it's not bad. No, it's, it's just um, I don't like it. I can't remember who the, who's on the creative. I follow both of the people who are on the creative team for that because it's not the it's it's just the newest miniseries for the character. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. the original one of that no, no, one. No, no, it's no. just. It just it just wrapped up pretty recently. Like he just got done with the Spider Verse stuff. Yeah, yeah I know. Place after I know, that. I know. That's there's a bunch of those right now. I collected the. I was gonna uh, say in the chat and I forgot to. Spider one. Nice. I was gonna say in the chat and then I just didn't because I had a moment of so of social awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, because Spider Man, of course. Um, Marvel's doing a more than normal a massive push for like republishing of Spider Man and Spider Man adjacent character omnibuses. Like they're re they're doing another Spider Gwen omnibus. There's a bajillion more Miles Morales collections. Like they're, you know, they finally, mm -hmm. they're finally, they have a listing for the third Ultimate Spider-Man omnibus. Like mm -hmm. they're all of them, and they're all like November of this year to like May of next year. Yeah, and I'm getting a 29. I know, and there's there's two of those now, which they, it's just, I, I just saw, I was going through the listing, I, and it's like, oh, they're not just reprinting all the ones that are out of print. They're doing a shit ton of new ones, yes. which is good because that's the stuff that's the hardest to follow and I need it in that form or I'm not reading it. I, I actually have the, I think all six of the Spider-Gwen in issues because it wasn't, when I got them, they weren't uh, collected. Like the 2015 one or the? Radioactive Spider-Gwen. Oh, that's 20, is that the 2018 or the 20? Like That's like the first. Is it the beginning? Because there's, so that was 20, the, there's the zero, there's or, the zero, and then there's those. Yeah, it was 2014 or 2015, I think. Radioactive Spider. -Gwen. I don't know. They always change the titling. That's one of the most annoying yeah. parts of it. Is it's the well, character it's been, is Spider Gwen is, is we call her Spider Gwen, but in in canon it's Spider Woman actually, and it's Ghost Spider, it's and Ghost sometimes spider. it's not Ghost Spider, and then the book is sometimes called Ghost Spider. It's all over the place. Recent, it's the worst. Right now thing. it's Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. I know. I hate that. It's yeah. it's like when they do the Miles Morales colon Spider Man. It's like uh, kill me. Just do I Spider Man. They will never. They should. They should, especially because Spider-Man has been the main amazing run has been so bad for so long now. But yeah, they never will because <clears throat> they're racist. I don't know. Just go watch Across the Spider-Verse. It'll tell you. <laughs> Anyways, um, Sony's not racist. <laughs> sure. I mean, their main character is like the coolest fucking one. He's literally the best Spider-Man because he outwitted everyone somehow. Yeah, he he solos. Um, he does. I mean, like how? Uh, because good writing. Because uh, well, yeah, that has not, it's just because, because black I, he can run faster. <laughs> it's just because Lord Miller said, if you touch any of this movie, we will chop your fingers off. And then the only requirement was you need to put in a stupid little Venom cameo thing. And then they put in the stupid little Venom cameo thing, and then that was it. That was the only requirement. At least it wasn't actually Venom. No, it, it was, was three just... seconds. It was funny in the sequence. It is just like, damn, this is the only part of this movie that's not going to age well. Yeah, it was it was funny. I love the fact that the, the that they had a fourteen year old, like the kid who did like the it was like the Lego redo of like yeah. the trailer, and they had one on the one hand child labor laws, on the other yes. hand that's cool as shit. Also, yes, apparently the kid's dad like bought him like a whole new like computer setup so he could render it correctly, and Fuck like yeah. he was doing like a, I, it seems like that's how he was like compensated. Like part of like they paid him upfront and then. 
his dad bought him a new rig so he could do it after school when his homework was done. And it's like, that's the most wholesome thing ever. It is. And it's just this cute little, like, five-second sequence. It was awesome. That and, was... of course, I, I love that uh, M- Miguel is like, he's like, you're one of our best Spider-Man. And it's like, it's the, the, the Lego Spider-Man is the best, one of the he, best of ones. Of course, of course he is. Of course he is. I actually hate the Spider-Man Legos. They're all really I, ugly. Yeah, they are. It's like the Ninja Turtle ones, I think. They're ugly. I'm sorry, I disagree. You're gay. Yep. Anyways. Um, Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros. My comic that might cost more than a dime. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros podcast. Colin, I am one of your co-hosts, Colin, Colin. Colin, poopy butthole. You're a poopy butthole. I am a poopy butthole. I am one of your hosts, Colin. And yeah. this is Spencer, our uh, other host. No, co-host. it's poopy butthole. It's Mr. Poopy Butthole. I am. Uh, Mr. I can't do poopy. That. I, I can't do that voice. I can't. I'm not even going to try. Yeah, don't even try. Uh, we are not joined by Jacob today. He is on another, yet another top secret super spy mission to loot quest. Yeah, he's he's he. I think he we needs should just. To, he needs to steal Vladimir Putin's heart out of his chest. He'll be back. <laughs> oh my! And gosh. the war will be over. <laughs> so uh, I think we should just start calling it loot quest instead of spy missions because it just sounds funny and also so funny. it is very Jacob. He is. He it is, is very Jacob. Currently, for him. he has a podcast on. The game volume is turned down, and he's just grinding through caves for loot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. And now. of course, for him, he dodged a bullet because this week we are talking about the end of Evangelion. I wouldn't say dodge a bullet. For Jacob, he dodged a bullet. Despite the fact okay. that I know he liked it, he has so many and also no thoughts at the same time because he has no fucking clue what the hell he just watched. And I think that that's really funny for him. So I think the litmus test for this episode <laughs> is one, I'm gonna you're going to need to do the plot summary because oh, I like me. listening to you give shit plot summaries. And then two, Fuck you. how well we can explain what this movie means is so is for Jacob's benefit. You know? We're going to treat him like a baby because... He is, he is our baby boy until you're not here and then you are Jacob and I's baby boy. Um, I am no one's baby boy. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll call Rachel. I, I, She'll be right over and to slap you in the face, you little baby boy. He's actually going to probably be here sometime soon. I know. How do you know that? I figured. Jacob, uh, cut this out, obviously. Nope. Three weeks later. That's why I like it. It's so funny. You're fucked Jacob, up. keep cutting this out. But it's, that's what <laughs> He's not going to cut that part No, it's, 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 it's no content. It's, 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 it's just really funny. Many months later. Okay, Jacob, cut here. Um, <laughs> Talking about tits. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> Never mind. Cut that out. Cut that <laughs> out. No. Jacob, please cut that out. <laughs> so, End of Evangelion is a redux half compilation sequel thing to the end of Evangelion, the TV show. It's a remake-ish of the last two episodes. Cut out uh, episode 24 and 25, or is there 26? 25 and 26. Cut out 25 and 26, and this is the visual uh, manifestation of uh, the, like, internal what's-it about 25 and 26. 25 and 26 were very... I actually don't like those ones. Oh, Uh, so we are opposite sides of the coin on this one. Yeah, we are. Uh, I don't like those ones because it's too vague, and it's not bad. It's just I like the actual, like, oh, the world's physically ending, everything's fucked, because the show is fucked. Yes. there In my brain, there is no redemption for anyone in this entire series. They never show it. They never show they want it. It's just 
they're in a constant state of we are this, we're not going to grow. I have mixed feelings on both. I think they, I think the two endings or two potential endings do work well together on like a metatextual level. Mm -hmm. Like it's a cool analysis of like endings <laughs> and like like the somewhat. I don't remember who it was. I think it was um, I think it was like a Dan Olson like YouTube essay video. It's like the the membrane between author and audience. Like mm -hmm. the. Like no art, no art is created in a vacuum. Like mm -hmm. because of the feedback that was given, because a lot of fans didn't like the ending of the show, then um, Anno made End of Evangelion basically as a massive middle finger to everybody, and then it turns out that most of them liked it anyways. And it's <laughs> like it's a really bizarre story because it is very bizarre. Long story short, the show ran out of money, and the the ratings were going down, and he was coming out of his depressive period. And then made the last two episodes. Seemingly, he did almost all of that animation himself, which is really cool. Um, I really do like those episodes. I get what you're saying. Like, I definitely get wanting. Oh, yeah, I more don't, I don't of hate the... them. Let, let me say I don't hate them, but I'm also of the mind that both of those happen at the same time. I, 25 and a 26. A lot of people do have yes, the, the 25 the and 26 is they both, ex that and End of Evangelion, exist at the same time. Yeah, there's a, because at 25 and 26 basically all take, in, take place inside of Shinji's mind and. Yeah, no, it's. I don't think that necessarily works, but I get why people want it to work. So where it's, I believe it it's, works, it's a headcanon thing. Yes, Absolutely. it is. Where I believe it works is like when everyone's turned to slush, yeah. because the only way for you to come back is for you to will yourself, which is what happened to Asuka and Shinji. Yeah, they willed themselves back. So in that time that he did not will, like like he was just in there, that happens, and he came back, and then he saw uh, Asuka, and he's like, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna kill you," like yeah. weird shit. Uh, so. Yeah, so Anno made the ending that he wanted, but he did it in a very different animation style with a very different vibe because they had no time and money. Um, and I think it's I, I think they're <laughs> they're probably my favorite episodes outside of what was it? It was like twelve or thirteen. I really liked. Yeah. Um, they're not great to just watch on their own, but no. I think it's such a really cool display of like really good expressionism done with anime elements. Um, and I just very cool vibes and stuff, but. I get what you're saying that a lot of the outside of the literal final sequence where everyone's clapping for Shinji deciding that he wants to live outside of that part. Most of it is, I wouldn't say subtle, but it's a lot less clear exactly what's going on for mm -hmm. sure. Um, so th the fans kind of revolted for a bunch of different reasons. I think there's the, we didn't like the ending cause the animation changed and all that stuff. I think that's an entirely valid reason to not like it. That's sure. fine. Oh, uh, that's like a difference of artistic opinions. Like it's a it's a limitation that the show had to deal with, but like that doesn't necessarily mean that that's like the good ending. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And then there was what mostly what Ano took it as was a lot of the the otaku's did not get the point of the show being primarily about stop being fucking weird about girls, you weirdos. And then because the the they were so just weird about the the way that the show actually ended and they didn't get the fucking point. Like, when he made End of Evangelion, just lays all of it out and is like, ju there's, it's just their sequences of the characters just not even really being characters. They're just mouthpiecing, like, ideologies back and forth at each other, which I love. It's really funny for mm -hmm. me. But, like, it just spells out, like, yeah, Shinji's a piece of crap. He literally jerked off on top of, a coma patient because mm -hmm. he's possessive of her. Like 
it's a really bizarre way to start off a movie, but like it makes it the is. point really obvious of like, yeah, you he, guys are possessive of literal children. You yep. guys are all pedos. What's wrong with you? Yes. Because I, I think it sounds fucked up, but I think that was great to convey because even though it's disgusting, obviously, obviously everything about that is disgusting, but it it's, you need, they, people, people are stupid. The fans, the otakos, uh, uh, the tacos, the tacos, the otakus needed to see that Shinji is you, and this is what you're doing. Yeah, on a child, it's gross. You're a, a fictional child, a fictional child you're who's disgusting. unconscious. It's gross. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I think the part where that I commend the movie for doing that. I commend it for just going. Okay, so you wanted, like, the plot ending, not, like, you know, the story ending. You wanted the plot. Okay, fine. The world fucking blows up. Fuck you. Everything goes to shit. And then everyone's a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. And then just, like, walks off. Like I, I appreciate it, like, 100%. It definitely is fun to watch in that sense. But I think it it does lose the nuance of the show. Like, that's why I like the show is even though it's an anime, anime has, like, no nuance at all. For an anime, it's somewhat nuanced in its themes, because of the longer runtime, it kind of subtle-ish threads in ideas about like possessiveness and you know war and blah blah blah. And then like the, I think it's another, just frustrating. I think another reason why I do really like it is because there are still so many fans who do not understand that what the point was to be like fuck you, um, and or not just the fuck you. Even I didn't understand that. I didn't know it was a fuck you, but. Um, I did, I totally saw that it was like a this is a visual representation of the fan base and that's why I liked it and yeah, a I mean, lot of people just didn't see that it's a, I liked I, it for that and also I liked it because I like plot endings I do I do no for I I get that I, I despite my artistic brain is like yeah go off queen go off on them hater like I there's a bit of me that's like yeah no you're stupid you shouldn't want a plot ending like this because sh- the show isn't really about the setting it's about the characters yes the important part is the character ending. But also, yeah, give me the big robot ending. Like, I, I, of course I want that. It's big and dumb and action is is great. And mm-hmm. I think the budget really does flex off hard in this movie because it oh, yeah. does, it it looks better than the rest of the show by a oh, long yeah. stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's weird because it's like a, it's a weird microcosm. Um, and that's why I can't, I like this, but I can't, my feelings are always in flux about it. I've seen it. I think this is my third time now. Because like the particularly the sequence where all all the female characters are basically all this was actually this might have been my second or third really yeah I, I've watched the show more than I've watched the end, end of Evangelion weird because I've never finished the show to get there again huh strange um, but like the sequence where all the 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 women are women and girls are literally just pointing and making fun of Shinji and being like you're fucking gross what the hell's wrong with you like. I love that sequence because it is mm-hmm. such a it, it's not hitting the nail on the head it's taking a nail and then smashing the moon on top of it. Yes. But also they're not really characters at that point. They're just a mouthpiece mm-hmm. and I think I I just always have kind of mixed feelings about that with like any type of of of, of art or medium where it's like it is so clearly just the author or the writer or whatever just talking to the audience. And it's like, I commend the, br- not bravery necessarily, but like the boldness to just yeah, do that's it. Yeah, right But it does mean it, I think it doesn't hold, doesn't hold up as like a, it makes it less timeless in a sense because the, the, the time capsule element of like the discourse around all this is one of the reasons why the show has sticking power for sure, is, like, the conversations about 
the otakus and the ending. Like, that's one of the reasons why the show has such a long-lasting legacy. But also, that means it carries along with... You can't just watch... I don't think you get the full enjoyment if you just watch the show or watch the show and then watch the movie. Like, you need to engage with the conversation, go online, like, look at the different opinions. Like, I think that's part of the experience. And it's cool because it kind of puts you in that that headspace of when the show came out and the movie came out. But also, it means you can't just enjoy the thing on its own. Like, I like both things for different reasons. And this is me having contradictory opinions on my own. But, like, it's just frustrating for me, right. if that makes any sort of sense. Like, no, I get that. Like, you... <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Part of the enjoyment of watching the Snyder Cut is because of the discourse, all the shit coalescing all at once. Even though I think that works much better just as a movie, the movie isn't about the movie itself, you know? But, like... It's the same thing I don't that's think, happening. I, in, a, in a sense. I don't think you get the full enjoyment out of it without, like, knowing what the hell happened to get to that point. Like, the the new additional ending that they reshot doesn't impact you the same way because you don't know why they wrote it like that, if that makes any sense. I do this every episode I know. I know. I don't know. I just, I like the show's ending, and I like the movie. It just makes me feel more conflicted after watching the movie. I like the show ending, and I like the movie ending, but whenever I rewatch the show, I always just go straight to the movie. I skip uh, episode 25 and 26. Weird. I, I think that's what a lot of people end up doing. Yes. I just I just think That's what hard. I did on my first watch. Really? Because of who I was introduced, like, who, who introduced me to the show in the movie, huh. told me to skip those two, and then go to the movie. Weird. And I was like, oh yeah, this is cool, and then eventually I watched the episode, two episodes, and I'm like, I don't like this at all. And then during this rewatch, I was like, this isn't bad. This makes sense. Because I think even this, sometimes it takes a couple of rewatches to really to really let it, like, settle in, like, marinate. And, you mean, like, like, understand. Yeah, like, the cum sinking into the sheets. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Fucker. Disgusting piece of shit. Yeah, seriously. Disgusting. It is disgusting. Um, no, for sure. It, it's just, I don't know. It leaves me with more of a. I love the fake biblical ending. Well, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like love that. the fake. Biblical I like stuff. that. Of course, I like that. That's like my jam. But like, yeah. I don't. It, it, the show ending, despite it being really not pretentious, but like very uh, in my own brain, very heady and whatnot. It leaves me feeling good, and not just because the show is the good ending and the movie is the bad ending, but like the show does end on the note of like despite the world literally ending around you, you can still choose to live. And you can still choose to live for yourself and be not rely on other people's, you know, validation. Right. The movie ending is more realistic or whatever. But now, it, I, I have a hard time remembering, like, exactly where things stop because the, the scene that that they're trying to escape from Nerve and um, uh, Misato kisses Shinji and says we'll do more adult things later. Like, so that's a huge discourse. When I first saw that, I'm like, that's a little fucked up. But also, I was told that it's a way to, like, motivate him to get out of there and stop being a bitch. And she's not saying this to, like, like yeah, we're going to do this. But it's literally, like, a life or death thing. It is. But but it, you don't also have to do that, too. No, it is. I was going to try to avoid the discourse button. But, yeah, no. That, no, I'm that, fine with talking that, about that. I know. It's just, it makes the... It makes it more about the controversy than it does about the whole thing. But no, with that, um, Masato is a piece of shit. 
She's my piece of shit. I like but her. But like, yes, no, I, she's, a great, she is a, piece she's of a great character. I think the show, because it it does kind of walk the line a bit better about like, she is willingly putting children in danger. She is manipulating them, but she does care about them. And quite often she does take the kid's side over nerve side. But with the movie ending, it's just, I, yeah, I'm not saying, I don't think Posada is literally sitting here like, I'm going to screw this child. No, up. she's no, literally definitely trying not. to just get him out of there. But I just, I don't think that was a good choice. Not on her part, on like the writer's part, just like, you could have done that so many different ways. I get it because it's one of those like other things do that. It is the. It feels like it is what the character would do, though. I know it's just one of those things where, for me, I think sometimes it's okay to write character actions as slightly out of character when it makes it, I don't know, moderately less problematic. Yeah, I think I there's just so. the, if you can't find a better way to do it, you wrote yourself into this corner. You should write yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. I think as like as an artist, I think that's your own problem. Like. That's just a preference thing, and every case is different. It's just like a, you really, you put your characters in this situation, like, yeah, you have to figure out a way out of them. Like, I don't know. It's just, it makes it go like, eh. And it's, because it's one of those things, like other shows, movies, obviously anime does this a lot. That is a trope of the, like, the older woman character who the, the main protagonist is into, she's like wow, that's adorable, I don't care, you know, like, whatever. And then, like, it's, it, yeah, because it's, like, a motivating factor. Like, she is lying to him, obviously. Yes. But, like, I don't even think the conversation about whether or not that's, like, a, the right heroic decision to be, like, I'm going to manipulate this child so Oh, it's not heroic him. at all. No, it, it's just, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, the the point, I guess, is to have the conversation about whether or not she made... Not the right ethical choice in the moment, but like the right, like the, the the utilitarian choice. And it's like I don't even find that interesting because she just has a child. Yeah, that's just it. Just distracts so much from the point that I think it's trying to make. Like, just don't do it. It's like the when the show has yikesy moments, or like any other anime, when it's like, trust me, this four second shot of Asuka's breasts are very relevant to the plot. It's like, no, it's not. It's- I know what you're trying to do, but like you know, there's a better way to do this. Yes, sir. And is. this, the, and Evangelion definitely does that or a the lot. The shot of uh, Shinji coming out of the shower—it's literally like, yeah, no, what why? the fuck? It's a, and they do the same thing with Asuka. It's like why? Yeah, it's like the the this sh- the Evangelion has d- definitely does this infinitely better than most anime does, like by a long oh, stretch. See, I know that, but this is this is why still like this is come why on. it's like one of the only quote-unquote yikesy animes I'll ever, like... Defend. Yeah. Defend, because there's a lot of really good shit about it, because the creator has a lot of really good fucking points. Yeah. And he's still very interesting, and there's a lot of things he... There's a lot of things he does touch up, especially in the manga, which is another, like, better thing. At some point, I do kind of want to dive into that, just out of curiosity. I, I, I Yeah, I mean, I could let you borrow... Oh, uh, yeah? Let mine. me borrow it? Um, but... There are still a lot of really good things, like the animation's fucking phenomenal, mm. like with the fights. And, oh, absolutely. And just a lot of the dialogue. I It's a hard time, even though I've literally just watched this recently, my brain is fuzzy on like where, it, what parts are from the show and what parts are from the movie. Like yeah. where, where it ends in the show. To, like, I think that's definitely because your first experience was jumping into the movie. For yeah, sure. I think that's what makes it so much more um, blurry. Because... The fight scene where she fight where Oscar fights all the, what you calls it, the big white uh, semen monsters, with the giant yeah, yeah the big white semen monsters yeah that's in the movie mm-hmm. yep that fucking scene 
it is like one of my favorites ever because the action and how Oscar it just shows how Oscar's amazing, but also where your point uh, a couple weeks ago about where she was probably supposed to be the main character was so prevalent in that scene. It's like wow, yeah, and also just how she went out was. I remember when I first ever watched that scene. I, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, I was so, it was so unexpected for me. Yeah. Especially, the entire movie was. Especially because her character arc in the show and the movie is about losing her ability to do the only thing that has made her special. The only thing that's given her attention in her, her entire life. Like, mm-hmm. Asuka, despite being a really obnoxious character, is, I think, the most consistently written character because she has those really contradictory points. Every human does. She wants attention, but she doesn't really want attention. She doesn't want you to be weird, but also... She will, in fact, use her overdeveloped body to get your attention because yeah. she doesn't have attention. Like it's, it's a knowing contradiction Typical, thing. And I, like teenage girl action. It's a, right. It's like it. It's just the. I I think that makes for a lot more interesting like protagonist arc of like it's a negative one. Not just because well, Shinji's is also a negative one with the movie ending because he goes fucking insane. Like Paul in Dune. Like, I yeah. like the negative character arc, I where it's like, congrats, love, you went evil mode. I love I like those. that. And I think, I like I like also negative negative character growth in the way of, like, Asuka, where it's like, you lose what makes you special, and you have to find ways to live with that. And she doesn't. No. <laughs> it's, it's a misery pit. That's I, why I, I find that it. really interesting. I think that would have been a much more interesting and engaging focus for the protag of the story, versus the shell character as your self-insert, even though I like Shinji and I will defend Shinji. Wow. In, not his act. I mean, like as a character, like, wow, I don't like him. Like him. I no, mean, I know. No, but I'm still surprised. Cause I could have sworn going into this recording that we were like same page about everything. And I fucking hate Shinji Shinji in every single fucking way. No, There's I mean, not I, one no, thing. I mean like I hate his choices and I hate, yes. he's a piece of crap. I mean, I will defend the character being written that way. That's what I mean. Like, oh, I think it's. Okay. It, I I okay. think it's a good well because thing to because do. it's literally just a fan insert, right? Yes, which you literally just said, right? But that's also what makes it complicated, is because in the show, Shinji is Ano's self insert. In the movie, it's the audience, and I yeah. think that's part of the disconnect, is because him finding a happy ending, even though the world is ending and everything's going to hell. In the show, was Ano coming out of his depressive period and finding more meaning in life? By making a show about depression, ironically enough, versus the mo- that is how it works, though it is from ex- from experience. That, right. that is how it works, right? Versus the movie is like, no, Shinji is you, pathetic loser, and it's like, I like both. I just, nee. and that's one of the reasons why I was theoretically interested in the rebuilds because I think restructuring and tweaking the whole approach is a good idea, and then it turns out seemingly almost all of it's just pedo bait. So, still not going anywhere near that. But like, I really need to rewatch because I kind of. Yeah, I think don't, you do. I really just don't see it. It's, bro. There's like five minute thigh and ass sequences of children in space. I remember. No, I remember there's a lot, lot of, of it. Masato. It's definitely there's more of it in general, but it's there's there's too much of it. Mm. The show already made me too uncomfortable. The, the 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 bits of rebuilds I've caught have made me want to throw up. Even though the animation looks really pretty, mm-hmm. just no shot. No, so what the, makes me want to throw up is that literally Oscar's like 
28 when her body is still a child. It's like, yeah, that's what I mean. Is like, so it's so you, yeah, it's doing the she's a 9,000 year old dragon god yeah. who just happens to be a lolly. No, yeah, that's pedo shit. Yeah, I don't it like is. it. Fuck you. There's there is literally no plot need for no. that. No, thanks. They just they made they made the plot do that. Yeah, you write your that's you wrote that decision. That yes. was dumb. And also, yeah, no, just just no. Okay, so anyways, moving do, on. Did you watch End of Evangelion? Do you watch this dub or sub? Because this is. Oh, a, I, I watched the entire show and the movie in uh, dub. I would have. I mean, no, we talked about it when we watched the show. Yeah. But I was seeing if the movie, because I watched this for this rewatch, I did watch this uh, dubbed. And I think the dub of this is really good, especially when you really compare it to the dub of the show. The original dub and the Netflix dub are both. Eh, not great. They're fine. They're fine. The original, the original dub is way better, actually, than, than the Netflix. Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they're both like in the realm of like not great. It's like, but it's like it's like watching the the Akira dub. It's not good. Here's it's the fine. good thing about Netflix, though. I've watched the original uh, because I'm a pirate, and um, it, the Netflix cuts out some things you really don't no, need I to know. see. And which is very nice, surprisingly. It is, but also they cut out the outro song, so... Yeah, that's pretty that's, fucked that's up. That's unexcusable. No, it I is. know. Jacob ended up watching the Netflix dub, so he got the worst experience. Any, any Sub who, is better than dub. When, I know. For the most part. But, yeah, no, of course it is. It's just, that's a lot. That's They're long movies, and also reading while also the 14-year-old's boobies are on screen is a lot to deal with. Yeah. I'm very sorry for you. That's a lot. I'm, you know... You have my condolences. Thank you. I just think I'm going to rewatch the show a lot more than I'm going to rewatch the movie. Oh, dude, I've watched each movie once. I am curious about there was there's the the movie that they released which was basically like a compilation of the show. I'm just curious to poke into Don't. it. I'm not saying it's useful. I just I get the idea of why you'd want to do it. I'm just kind of curious how it I turned out. I don't even get why they would want to do that. It's like a recap for the movie or whatever. Basically, yeah. Which was released actually before End of Evangelion because they, they didn't want to force people to watch almost all of the show and then watch the movie. It was like, just here's all the important stuff from the show, which it, it is just a, a live ac- uh, not live action, a full length, full feature length recap of the show. Yeah. It just, it makes sense. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just, I haven't looked at it. So I'm it kind was, of curious. It annoyed me. I, I also heard that there was some additional stuff in there that wasn't in the original show. And I'm just, I don't remember. I just want to look into it out of curiosity. I'll have to rewatch. Banger poster. For this movie. Oh, yeah, I have My it. final thought. I cannot the find po- a fucking frame for it. Really? What yeah. What size poster is it? I don't know, because I found, like, a... Is it, like, normal poster? Is it bigger? I'm pretty sure. Then you can just go no, to, like, any... I went to Walmart, and I... And, you know, the poster aisle? Yeah. I got a frame from there. Yeah. Poster too big. Oh, it's the... I don't remember the measurements. It's, like, 37 by 42 or something. It's a dumb... It's what they put in actual movie theaters. Is it's a bigger, it's a different size post. Like the norm, normal posters are, it's actually it's it's the the thirty twenty four by thirty six, which in reality is like thirty one by. So what whatever. poster should I get? Okay, pull or, up, pull uh, up. Do you remember that Doctor Strange poster I had in my room? Yeah. It's an Alex Ross piece. Okay, yeah. It's bigger. It's that size. It's I don't remember the specific numbers. I might be able to. But if, you literally just said like one. Uh, the, it's the the, the, the the regular when you buy a a po a, you know. I go to five below, I buy a Star Wars poster. Yeah. It's the frame you want is the, it's, I think it's 24 by 36. Yeah, which the I actual poster that. is like an inch shorter on each side. Yes. That's like the real measurement. There's a size above that. I don't remember what it is. It's like 40 something by 30 something. I don't remember. If you 
you can find it, and that's probably what and it you is. You say it's like theater. Yeah, like that's what like most of the time, like it, the the posters theaters get sent are that size. Theater poster frames. Something like that, most likely. Uh, twenty-seven by forty-one. Maybe. Uh, I'm getting thirty probably. by forty. I think I, I think got it's the first 24 one. Twenty-four by thirty-six too. Weird. I don't know. I'll have to just look go it up. to like a big uh, like a big Walmart and then you can fuck around because they'll have more. Our frames. Walmart has a shit ton of frames. I know. Just get the big, find the bigger one, or just bring I the did. Po- just bring the poster in. I really don't want to do that because I don't want to look like I've like stolen something. That's why I don't bring anything. In. I know. I don't either. It's just sometimes it's a necessity. Yeah. So, moving on from Amine. 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 And also speaking of Doctor Strange. Oh boy, of course. <laughs> I read Strange Volume 2. It is issues 6 through 10 of the 2022. It was originally announced as an ongoing, but it's effectively a limited series. It's the the series that follows Clea Strange taking over the role of Sorcerer Supreme while Steven is, you know, <laughs> dead. But he's not really dead. Um, Obviously. Well, I mean, he is dead, but... Not really. Sort of. Um... So it wraps up the story. And this is my biggest gripe with this book is I think this was supposed to be 12 plus issues and they were told to wrap it in 10 because it's a trade of six issues and there's a trade of like four. Like it's the the balance between the two trades is weird. And usually if, if it was announced as a limited series, so like limited is usually six issues and then like a maxi series is up to 12. Usually it's announced like that. It's stated this is the plan and then they just cut this thing, and then the new, like, 2023 Doctor Strange number one kicked off with the... They're both leading the book now, which I, I'm currently reading and I love. Um, and it just bugs me, because this really feels like... The story is really cool. It's about, obviously, Clea is... <laughs> she she um, she got that dog in her, you know? She's, she's a bit of a crazy bitch. Um, Steve Steve married up is all I'm saying. Um so she's a little little psycho, um, and she is going sicko mode on a lot of people. There's a bunch of plot stuff, um, and and I think it's a really cool book. I, I really like this. It just feels like the, they got it got crammed in way too fast. Um, so it's written by Jed McKay. Um, he's been the the head of like the Doctor Strange Moon Knight area of Marvel Comics for a couple of years now, and I think he's doing a really good job on the whole, despite some rough stuff here and there. Um, he has a really good balance of plot and like fun banter. Um, his typically speaking, his Doctor Strange or this book, Strange, they're not the most deep Doctor Strange books, but they are very fun. And I don't even, I'm not even saying that in the like, oh, it's a good roller coaster. Like they're really fun. They're focused on the magic looking cool, the plots being really wacky, and the characters being very fun to read. You know, the banter is strong. The character writing is cool. The logistics don't matter quite as much. And I think that's a good type of book to have. Not every book has to be dummy serious and super logistically tight. Not everything has to be a Tom King book, you know? Um, The dynamic between um, Stephen and Clea is in plenty of other books, but I think the marriage dynamic is at its strongest here because they're very different people. Like, as an example, uh, this would be kind of like if Mon Mothma and... Um, what's his name? Father Skarsgård's character in Andor. Fuck, fuck. The best character whose name? The I best know. character who had the best fucking line in all of Star Wars. The. It would be like if those two characters got married. That's the dynamic. Except Stephen is Mon Mothma, and Clea is. 
Father Skarsgård's character, who's I feel so bad because he's a great character. He's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. And I just can't remember his name. <laughs> but it's like that dynamic. Like their mannerisms are very different. Their opinions are different. Their arguably a lot of their values are very different. And it makes for an interesting marriage because they really do love each other. Not even like they love each other, but they'll never be able to actually make it work. And not like a Batman Catwoman thing where like it really is a will they won't they stuff all the time. It's like a somehow they love each other enough to make it work. And it's impressive because like she's just murderous. (laughs) She's Yes. But he's like, I will do no harm. I don't kill people unless I absolutely have to. Like, you know, he has to talk her out of like killing goons. It's great. Um, he, uh, strange, it's a spoiler, but you and Jacob don't really care. Um, Steven is the harvestman in this book and the last one. Uh, the big twist is Steven is dead, but he is being contracted sort of by death, you know, booby skeleton lady to complete contracts, basically be ghostwriter, just get souls for me. And after a while, I'll let you go back to life and see your wife. So he's like, looks like the grim reaper. He's got like bandages and shit. He's got a scythe. It's really fun. Um, he looks super cool. Um, and that's that's a really fun um it's just a fun dynamic and it also means that he has to fight differently because he's not using the same types of magic he's using a lot of melee weapons it's it's really cool um i just really wish he was allowed to stay dead longer obviously the usual when a comic character dies they come back a bit too soon for the impact to be felt i think he was only believed to be dead in marvel comics for like six months roughly i feel like a full year would have been better like, we know he's going to come back, but make it more believable, please. Just try. Um, especially because the death of Doctor Strange co- like crossover comic was really good for the most part. I really believed it. So it's just disappointing that this kind of got wrapped up so quickly. Um, the art is done by Marcel Ferreira, like the first six, uh, the first five issues. It's really, really good. Just, it's sharp and vibrant. The colors pop. The characters are really lively looking. The facial expressions are done really well. Um... The, the character, like, outlines are very strong. They're not... They all have a really unique design. You can tell really easily during action sequences, in shadows, in silhouettes. It looks really, really good. Um, I bought this for $16-ish, like, cover price. Um, I really wish... I really wish the series was bigger, like, on the whole, because this definitely felt undervalued. I like every issue in here. It just... The book was a little much... F- cost-wise for what I got out of it. Um, I want all of this to be collected in one book. Like, it's 10 issues. Make a new trade for fuck's sake. It's like um, the Gerard Way Nick Darrington Doom Patrol run was in two trades, and then after 10 years, they released it in one. Do that, but now, please. Like, then I'll buy it. And then I'll buy it again. Because it's really good. The covers are really good. It's all pretty... It's lame. I don't like that. Colin, have you read a Doctor Strange book this week? I have not read a Doctor Strange book. That's um, sad. I am trying to figure out what I have done. Because it's one of those weeks again where I... Oh, fuck. I was going to finish... Oh. oh, my God! Fuck! That's nice. Uh, I was going to finish The Authorities Volume 2. And I was trying to, f- I was trying to work through Witchfinder... I've been watching Game of Thrones, but I'm not going to talk about that. Ask me a question. Oh, fuck you. I had three <laughs> things this week. Come on. Are we talking about three things? That's what the... That's what the no. That's what it two. calls for. No, because we don't have a show. That's fine. That's the, that's our format. No, it's not. It, yes, it is. We do... Jacob and I don't do that. 
That's because you guys just fuck all when I'm not here. Yeah. No, that's the schedule. Yeah, no, we, we're, we're fucking all we right do, now. We do no, three. No, we and fuck. if we're doing a show, no, we it knocks off one. No, we fuck. And if we all watch a movie or we do no, a wrong, collective talk. I like how you're saying I all these things. I planned all this. I planned all this for months. I had it all planned out and it was months? scheduled. I had all my shit lined up. The way I read Future State led to Why would you do that? Because I read a lot of stuff, and I wanted to have a nice themed week. I've been reading a lot of Doctor Strange books, and I wanted to get it all in on a nice condensed nugget. Dead Man. Ooh. Versus The Spectre. Fuck. Okay. Uh, Both non-corporeal, possessive demon boys. And they're both in DC. That is correct. I'm so proud of you. Who would win? Yes. Okay. Tell so, me why they're fighting and who would win. Uh, so, so the motivations for Spectre are always to do with like almost like the greater good balance of everything. That's what it seems like anytime I've seen him in any uh, media at all. And then Dead Man, I remember I first saw him in Batman: Brave and the Bold, and his whole like yeah, it was in Batman: Brave and the Bold. That's such a weird intro for a character. And almost every single DC character that's like not a normal character, I was introduced through Batman: Brave and the Bold, which Ooh. is not bad. No, Brave and the Bold is awesome. That's yeah, just such an odd thing, isn't it? Uh, but like his whole motivation when we were first introduced was that uh, he needed Batman's help to find his killer, and because uh, he was an acrobatic. Um, circus uh man and he died basically the same way that uh robin's parents died but somehow he became like uh, a ghost transcending uh his body and time or whatever um so the reason for the battle would have to be that it would take place sometime after dead man Figuring out who killed him. Um, Damn. And he, like, got revenge or whatever. And for him to be involved with the Spectre, he would... I don't think he would necessarily need a body. Because the Spectre is just... Ghost battle. Yeah. It would be some... It would be like a seven-page just fight. There's no motivation in the beginning. I it think would, there's a just... really good motivation. Let me tell it to you. Hold on. Mm. There's no beginning motivation. What we do is we open up with a fight, and they're just fighting in this weird cosmic um, space-time, and there's a lot of, like, uh, Kirby crackling in the background. Ooh, I love Kirby crackles. <laughs> me too. The Kirby Mike Mignola crackle. So it's, like, uh, a little bit darker and stuff like that. And they're probably talking about... Um, Something to do with, like, Dead Man's probably trying to stop something that's, like, basically uh, a canon event. And um, it wouldn't be said like that, but it's, like, he, he would just say it's, like, a fixed point in time. Like, the Spectre would say it's, like, a fixed point in time. Something can't, nothing can be done about this. You are not allowed. And it would be something to do with that and some, like, panels of whatever it is they're talking about and they just fight. And I think... Um whatever they're fi- uh, fighting like, like what they're fighting against each other but the thing that like one of them's trying to stop and one of them is trying to not just like bursts into existence and it's like another non-corporeal like um lovecraftian type of thing ghost spermies yeah pretty much so what was your uh 
I thought of this on the fly because I'm cool like that. Mm-hmm. So Dead Man Wants Revenge, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The Spectre is like God's voice with people, sort of. Not really, but kind of. Revenge is cringe. Mm-hmm. There you go. Dead Man Wants Revenge. Spectre is like, nah, fam. God says no. And then eventually Spectre realizes that he's being overly protective. Humanity can do its own thing. And Dead Man impresses him with his human resolve or something like that. Because, mm-hmm. of course... I like that one better. But also still, Revenge is cringe. I do like so that So they better. both learn from each other. And you could just see him, like, stalk. It's just Dead Man stalking the guy. Because I would think it would, like, be that he already knows who he is, and he's just stalking him, and then Spectre's just, like, trying to stop him. Or, like, talking to him, and eventually, like, at the last second. Yes. And, like, the guy who killed him doesn't even know that he's there. It's just at the last second he's about to kill him. They're and, just and, having... And they just, just say... He's just... The Spectre says something poetic. And, and They're having ghost battles in, in, through invisible buildings. They're yeah. just... They're yeah. just having a good old punch No, up not fighting. Just talking the entire time. It's just pacing. They're just... The they're entire just comic's special, pacing. Special children. Seven pages. They're just... Another drift, comic idea They're just drifting through building spaces. Yes. <laughs> You're very special. That was a good one. I liked that a lot. That gave me some ideas. Piss baby. Well, what else have you uh, sucked dick for? Wow. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So like I said, I read, I, I've been doing a lot of Dr. Stranging lately. Um, and I read Strange, The Doctor Is Out. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, who is a Dr. Strange vet, uh, with art by Emma Rios, someone who I've never encountered before. And I'm not really going to be looking forward to in the future. Um, oh, boy. It's a four-issue miniseries from 2010, surprisingly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Colin, you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. You know you know Japanese manga light novels, right? This felt like a light novel. Uh, and that's, I've never read one of those, but those things are just absolutely... I just know it's a they vibe. are, like, terminally online. People. It's a vibe thing. And it's uh. so bizarre because fa- basically... Uh, it's Doctor Strange finding some random girl who's magically relevant to the plot, and he, you know, they yada, do. Yada, yada. It's his new apprentice, whatever. Um, Eat ass. A lot of this plot was on uh, incoherent, and most of this was really, really disappointing from a writing perspective because I really like Mark Wade. Um, Wade is a really well-respected writer, and like I said, he's a Doctor Strange veteran, so I'm not sure what the hell happened with this story. And not just on a writing level, but also, the art felt like a light novel, which is really a vibes thing. It felt like a YA anime, but bad. Um, And I really hate ragging on people's art, because I can't do it, but um, Emma Rios really does have talent. Like, I don't want to deny that. There's a lot of talent. I get the vibe that she's going for. I, I looked at some of her other stuff, like on her Instagram, and she like has really good visuals. It's just really not up my alley. I can't get into it. And this seemed to be one of her first like major big comic publisher books, and I think it shows. It feels really amateurish, and I know that's a lot of like buzz buzzwords and vibes that I I don't have the words to define. But it it was really hard to read. Um, the dialogue and the art really fed into the same feeling of being underbaked and like, was this written for 10 year old girls? And not to just be like, wow, 10 year old girls don't like anything good, but like. They don't. (sighs) I hate just going back to that type of a standby, but it was like, I just, I don't know what this was even supposed to be. 
Um, none of the characters have ever had any other relevance to any other Marvel characters I can ever tell. They're just a bunch of random people that they made for this book. They all feel like flat caricatures. Strange feels like a caricature. The 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 actual protag of the story, whose name I don't even remember, is boring. I don't like her. Um, every once in a while, there's a halfway decent like line of dialogue, but just I don't know what this was. I wouldn't say this is the worst thing I've read this year. Because some of those DC Future State Gotham issues, like I said at the end, were legit some of the worst comics I've ever read. Sorry. <laughs> this was definitely the weirdest, worst thing that I would still call art, if that makes sense. It doesn't belong in the dumpster bin of history, but this was pretty fucking bad. Um, mm. I spent $20 on this book. I'm never reading this again. It's a waste of space. And it's staying on my shelf forever. The cover is really cool. I don't remember who does the cover art. And it is nothing like the inside of the book. The I hate that. Not even because the art styles are different. I expect a comic cover is not the interior art. But the vibe is different. It's that. so bizarre. That is my biggest gripe with comics is that they have comic book covers that are not like the same art style. The only time I find it acceptable... Acceptable is uh, the uh, Hellboy universe because we all know Mike does the covers for all of them. Well, yeah, and we all know that there's different art styles in the universe, and he barely do he like doesn't do the art ever anymore. So yeah, it's it acceptable because they all visually look the same because they're all in the same universe. So visually, it's great for the shelf too. Yeah, it's one of those like I I get it's really frustrating sometimes. I expect American comics to do it because it's expected. I just want the tone to be similar. Like, I know cover art most of the time is going to be infinitely higher effort than interior art. That's not to smack on interior artists at all, but you could even have, I don't I don't know, um, one of my favorite current working artists, like Jorge Jimenez. Mm -hmm. His interior art is almost the same as his cover art. The cover art still has way more effort put into it because it's a cover. It's going to be, it's the selling point. It's way more, it's, it's got more effort. It's got a lot more time sunk into it. The visual layout's different. It's expected. But, like, this, the cover and the title, it's not even Doctor Strange, it's Strange. What the fuck? It sounds like, like a Marvel Knights book, like some random, cool, dark, edgy thing. And the cover kind of gives me that vibe. And then I read the thing, and I'm like, is this made for 10-year-olds? Because every, it, And also, the, co the coloring is god-awfully vibrant. I, it, I don't even know what happened here. It's very odd. Gross. And it's weird, because, again, I went and looked at her work, and, like, I don't dislike her work. It's really not for me. But, like, there's definitely a talent there, for sure. And, yeah, this book was 13 years ago, but holy crap. That's rough. Bad. And I bought it for 20 bucks off of Amazon. Whew. It's also because the book is out of print, and this might be why it's out of print. Doctor Strange has uh, only had, like, a few miniseries. That's why I'm reading all of them right now. It's because there's, like, less than 10 of them. But, whew, that was rough. You know who's not rough? Our patrons. What? Over at patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros. Did you just do two soccer points? I only did one versus. Yes. That's what we do half the time, anyways, and you never care. Because oh, you... shit, I don't think I ever noticed until now. No, we definitely do it sometimes. Because I have actual stuff to talk about, but I'm not going to keep droning on and on and on and on. I'm not Thank gonna... you, Dad. And I'm just going to interrogate you for 20 minutes straight because then you get bored. It would be silly of me. This is true. It'd be very silly. I am reading the Darth Vader black white and blood of course because you are. the issue okay hold on i want to tell you right now no, hold on hold on shut the fuck up 
even the second book, every all the art is fucking phenomenal. You're gonna be creaming over this book. I think this is gonna be the only. So far, it's only two issues, but so far, it's looking like it's the only black, uh, red and white, black, white, and red, like, series that's consistently good. That's fair. So it has been looking really good. I just, I'm, I'm, I am holding back. I'm want, I just want the big treasury edition. Me too. That's I think the third issue is coming out, like, next week. Well, that's nice. So our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Dime Comic Bros Network, uh, Caitlin and Jeff Lorenz, uh, are not rough. They're very sweet to us. They're very kind. Except Jeff, he violates Colin all the time. He violated me last night when I came over because I came over to to hang out and I was going in for like a hug, like, hey, bro. And he like jumped right into me. I'm like, oh boy. I thought you were going to say that he like wrapped his hand around and like up your ass, but okay. No, that's just normal. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Um, if you want to help support this show and, I guess, get to grope Colin... Uh, oh, okay. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. We're not... <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't say that because we know that there's American otakus. <laughs> otakos. Otakos. But Colin, five bucks. No. <laughs> Ten bucks. Maybe. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> um, if you want to help financially support this show, we would greatly appreciate it. We are the Dime Comic Bros, despite the fact that I have wasted a lot of money on a really bad Doctor Strange book recently. I have also wasted a lot of money on a lot of things. Only Jacob actually tries to get discounts on books. Uh, we do try sometimes to not waste all of our money on comics, but it's greatly appreciated if you want to throw us a couple bucks. We have a bunch of different tiers with really cool rewards. You get your name shouted, on, shouted out on episodes. Uh, there's a bunch of different cool art prints that we do uh, d- d- with art from 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 Colin Boy here. <laughs> yeah, uh, as well as some cool art commissions. We have a bunch of, uh, like a massive backlog of of random clips we pulled out of the show that are exclusive to our Patreon. Really weird comedic bits, as well as exclusive segments uh, of Dime Comic Bros and Dime Gaming Bros Happy Hour. After every podcast that we the three of us do of any type, we pretty much always record an additional little bit of. Random bullshittery. It's us hanging out, having a drink, talking about whatever pops into our little minds, uh, and that all goes on our Patreon. Um, so there's... We've got to be at about 100 of those by now. It's in that neck of the woods. Like, there's, there's a lot. lot. It's, we've been doing it for about half the time we've been doing this podcast. This is true. Um, so there's a massive back catalog of those. They're, in my opinion, some of our best work, even though we put no effort into it. This is true. <laughs> They're some of the funniest crap we've ever done. Um, that's all on our Patreon. Holy shit, that sounds like I'm fucking shit at myself. <laughs> Why am I friends with you? Because <laughs> you love it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you do. Because I, I let you be the autism. You are the autism. <laughs> yes, because I let you be the autism because I am an autism. So I can out-autist you, and then you feel comfortable. None of that made any sense, yes. but okay. Um... I need a clip of that. I need that clip sent to me. Jacob, if you can hear the, the, the fart, could you clip it, please? Thank you. Thanks, bestie. Thanks, Dad. Um, also, we have a Substack, which is basically a boomer email chain. Uh, it's a recap of all of our podcasts. We send it out when the episodes drop. It's a little visual follow-along. There's a bunch of cool, pretty pictures, as well as recaps of, of our little talking points, just to help you... Keep up with our shenanigans. That's free to subscribe to. It's in the link of all of our stuff. 
We also have a Twitter and an Instagram. Just go follow that for updates, teasers, previews, all sorts of fun shit. Um, mm, uh, go to dimecomicbros.com. It's our website. I put a lot of stuff on there because I'm a nerd. No one looks at it, but all of our news stuff gets added up there. So if you want to validate our sources or whatever, read what other random bullshit we can't quote correctly because we're all dumb. Uh, it's all posted on our website at dimecomicbros.com. Uh, Penis. Uh, ooh. Good, good point. Very good point. Good, good, sir. So next week, we will not be uploading an episode. Aha, I almost penis. forgot to mention this. Um, so next week, we are going to be taking a break. We're just doing a one-week break. We, the three of us have uh, had a lot of discussions behind the scenes. We're breaking up. Uh, not really. We're just reconfiguring some stuff. We're reworking our schedules, taking a little bit of a breather for a minute to re-engage with our, our, you know, our best selves, our best foot forward and all that fun stuff. So next week, there will just not be anything from us. And we are jumping feet first, not into the news, but into Dime Comic Bros season four, feet first, with our toes out. Hot. Right into Frank Miller's Sin City, the first uh, collected edition, the first main story. Uh, we'll have a bit of a rebranding, the usual, just updated stuff. We'll all be together in a good mood. I'm jinxing it now, I promise. <laughs> and we'll be you we'll are. be we'll be jumping in with new stuff. So hang in there. I know you can't get your fix of Colin and his special monkey boy moments, but just Ooh. hang on, it's one week. Ooh. You'll be fine. Ooh. Just make sure to tune in. It's greatly appreciated. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, so I'm gonna tell everyone about um, that's nice. That's nice, sweetie. You will hit my dick. No, I wouldn't. You I would, would caress your dick. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Gay. Damn, Jacob got that riz. Jacob just texted me tonight. I've told a pregnant stranger sit on my lap, and you guys say I'm not outgoing enough. What? It's in the group chat. He said that. Yeah, I'm. He, I'm, I'm he reading. For real said that. I don't know, but I'm reading it to Jacob through the microphone because he has to edit this. Okay, true. I'm a smartass like that.